0: Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the hallmarks of one who is truly born again. The important thing is
1: not that I bear witness that I know God, but that the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit, providing me with personal evidence that I belong to Him. That I say I know God, that's no big deal. The verification is that His Spirit bears witness with my spirit, and I know I'm the child of God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Sometimes we go through life by sheer routine, you know, instinctively just going through the motions. And unfortunately, that seems to be the pattern of so many churchgoers today. But it doesn't have to be that way. That is, if you tap into the right power source... Let's join Pastor Rick Xavier as he brings us the encouraging, simple truths of the life source of the church. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truths," Jesus
1: said, John 16:13. He says, "However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truths. Truth is verified by His word, for it is by the truth that we are.." Sanctified or set apart. Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. If I'm going to know truth, I must compare everything by the truth of God's word. The spirit of truth is always opposed to the spirit of air. 1 John 4, 1 and 6, always. The common phrase, some of you who are in college have been handed this phrase, all truth is God's truth for you to accept that whatever you you have been given in academia, that it is God's truth, not necessarily. Christian colleges use that phrase. It's, It's part of the liberal movement in Christian circles. All truth is not God's truth. All truth that is verified by God's Bible, the truth, is God's truth. But if it contradicts or opposes it, it is not God's truth. It's real simple. Many colleges, many churches, many Christian authors throw that phrase around so that their human wisdom is on the same level of authority as the Bible. Not so. Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit will show us things to come, Jesus said in John 16, 13. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Notice this is the only one of the four that doesn't have the word all. Because God doesn't show us all things. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong unto God and those things that he reveals to his servants, they belong to them. And when he's speaking there in Deuteronomy about the secret things belonging to God, primarily the context is the way God was going to bring back Israel in the future apostasy as his people. God says they would apostate, but he would bring them back. And those Secret ways and times are in his own counsel. And that's the context of that. So we don't understand everything. We know what God has given us and what he's given us. We can understand. But there's many things that we don't know that God knows. So it's very important. Now the Holy Spirit will bring liberty and transformation to us in the church. In 2 Corinthians three, seventeen through 18... Paul says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This work goes on by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We are set free from the bondage of sin by the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John 8, 36. In the world, we were like a pig with a ring in our nose being led around by sin. But now we can say no to sin, having been set free from bondage of sin. We're never sinless. We're never perfect. But I don't live the way I used to. I have a divine nature now by the Spirit of God. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit. Very clear. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you by the mercies of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be fashioned to this world, so be transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. As I yield to the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit works in me. We're not to grieve the Holy Spirit, meaning bringing pain to it. Ephesians 4 30. He's a person. He can be grieved. He can be pain. We're not to quench the Holy Spirit, limit him, in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. We're not to light of the Holy Spirit, passing ourselves off as something that we're not, Acts 5.3. We're not to resist the Holy Spirit, hardening our hearts, Acts 7.51. We're not to insult or do despite to the Spirit of grace, rejecting what God has provided for us, in Hebrews 10.28. We're not to blaspheme the Holy Spirit and ongoing denial of Jesus to the point of being given up by God, Matthew 12, 31 and 32. You see, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, Romans eight sixteen says. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The important thing is not that I bear witness that I know God, but that the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit providing me with personal evidence that I belong to him. Did I say I know God? That's that's no big deal. Because how do you verify that? But the verification is that his spirit bears witness with my spirit. He convicts me. He illuminates me. He directs me. He speaks to me. And I know I'm a child of God. A.W. Tozer, again, of a previous generation, challenged all of us as he stated the following. Quote, he says, that every Christian can be and should be filled with the Holy Spirit would hardly seem to be a matter of debate. Yet some will argue that the Holy Spirit is not for plain Christians but for ministers and missionaries only. Others hold that the measure of the Spirit receive that regeneration is identical with that received by the disciples at Pentecost. A few will express a languid hope that someday they may be filled. I want here boldly to assert that it is my happy belief that every Christian can have a copious outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a measure far beyond that received at conversion. And I say amen to that. The greatest evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in and upon the believer in the New Testament is found, as you know, through the book of Acts, which in reality are the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. That's the better title of the book of Acts. (laughs) We're told that great power came upon the apostles then in chapter 4 of Acts 33, great power. The same ones that were baptized at Pentecost were baptized again. We're told that the people were cut to the heart by the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.32. Not by the words of Peter, but by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Stephen cannot be resisted due to the wisdom of the Spirit by which he spoke, Acts 6.10. The Samaritans received the Holy Spirit after they believed, Acts 8.15-17, they sent John and Peter down. After they believed, then the empowerment came upon them. The Holy Spirit is the regenerator, illuminator, and developer of our faith in Christ. Jesus said this in John 3, 5. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Those were the words of Jesus to Nicodemus, the top rabbi. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians two ten that the things of God are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul says we are being changed into the image of Christ from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. And the word Spirit, when it's talking about the Holy Spirit, is capital S, deity, a person, a proper name. Paul told Titus in Titus 3, 4, and 5, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The personality of the Holy Spirit affects and influences the believer without destroying the personality of the person being co-participant. First Corinthians twelve three. 3, listen. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's a free will, there's a personal responsibility, and yet it's by the Spirit of God. There's no obliteration of the person. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of man we were among you for your sake. They were men filled and directed by the Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So the person and his personality is not obliterated, but there's a co-participation of us in the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, That good thing which was committed to you, speaking to Timothy, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. The Holy Spirit is doing the work, but we have personal responsibility to yield to him. He doesn't force us. Hebrews two four. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So he's the one that directs and guides and chooses how to disperse and what to do. And we align ourselves with him. Jude 120. But you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's a general command for all. Do you know that? That's not speaking about tongues uh, because not everybody has the gift of tongues. Those who have the gift of tongues, they pray in their prayer language. Those who don't, Romans 8. We have one weakness. We don't know how to pray. So the Spirit makes intercession according to the will of God with groanings that cannot be uttered. That's not tongues. Many people say that in chapter 3. That's not speaking about that. This is a general command for everybody to obey. And we know not everybody speaks in tongues. So therefore, those who have their prayer language, they can pray that way, but those who don't have to fulfill it in Romans chapter 8. It's simple. This is a command to every believer. The Holy Spirit is to be at work in the believer because the church is made up of believers. We are the church. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit now in the church We've seen it in the believer, but now in the church. The Holy Spirit is vital for the life of the church, for he will be working in and through the church as a corporate body, bringing forth family and body life through the various ministries. There will be new life being birthed out in response to the gospel, and God will add daily. Such as should be saved, as Acts 2.47 says. You proclaim the gospel, and God convicts, and God saves. That's why we give altar calls. The Holy Spirit, through the gifted man, will perfect and mature the saints to bring about efficiency of each part in order to bring about the full potential of the whole body and love, Ephesians 4.16. From 11 down to 16. To do the work of ministry, to not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, to speak the truth in love, to be participating always as part of the body. This is God's mysterious work as he takes all of us and uses us and puts it all together. It's amazing. Now the Holy Spirit will give vision for the various ministries. Even as Philip was told to go down to Samaria, you remember in Acts 8.5? He was ministering. Great revival going on, and, and, and God sends him down from Samaria. Vision for, for within the church, for the various ministries, as he calls you here, for the various needs that God opens up. You need to seek him, what your gifts are and what you're calling. He directs you. Then there's vision outside the church where there is no vision or revelation that people perish. Proverbs 29:18 says. Too many Christians turn inward, having no vision, being an end in themselves. The greatest privilege of a Christian is not that of being a container of the Holy Spirit, but a channel of the Holy Spirit to reach others. The Holy Spirit will give direction to the church. Administry. Acts 6, 1 through 4, to raise up men, qualify for service, and assign them to various tasks. You know that passage there. God raised up the six deacons to administer the food allocations for the Hebrew. Remember, they were complaining, the, widow, the widows. The deacons prepare this church for you to come and to be fed the word of God. This has been our practice for 31 years, and these men get here before everybody gets here at 5 in the morning, and they begin to clean and do all the work. And they do it because God has called them and directed them, and they come to serve you. Our children's ministry teaches inductive Bible studies to your children. We don't entertain your children or tell them stories. We teach them the Word of God. It's very important. The Holy Spirit desires to direct the decisions in the church, as you know. In Acts 15, the prophets who spoke through the Holy Spirit agreed with the decision of God to choose among the Gentiles a bride for himself in Acts 15. The first church council accepted the decision by the Holy Spirit, as you know, regarding the Gentiles. And they said, for it seems good to the Holy Spirit in us, in verse 28. And they send out letters throughout the churches. The order was the Holy Spirit in us. That's the order that it should be always. The men of the church are not perfect. They can and will make mistakes, but God honors the heart. He leads. He guides. He directs. He's bigger than us through prayer, through the word, following his lead. The Holy Spirit is the one who sends out missionaries by calling them. We've already seen in Acts thirteen two, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. The church didn't send Paul and Barnabas out. The Holy Spirit sent them. Church to sent people out instead of the Holy Spirit. Hudson Taylor, George Mueller, just a few men to mention who trusted God, not in raising money. They respond to God's call and God was able to take care of them. So you've got to make sure you're called. But if you call yourself or if you send yourself or a church sends you, then you're on your own. It's very important. He's the one that directs and guides. As a church of Christ, we are to be dependent on the Holy Spirit that Paul tells each of us to continue to be filled continually with the Spirit, constantly in Ephesians 5.18. And that's right before the family, because that's one of the greatest warfare. Then it's ministry, family and ministry. And your qualification for ministry is family. So if it can get you at family, then you'll be no good for ministry. You understand? There's your priority. We're to put on the whole armor of God, not just some of it, Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God, bringing down strongholds in 2 Corinthians ten four, The reason is that we wrestle again, not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, dimensions of darkness in Ephesians six twelve. It's a spiritual warfare. The enemy is ever-present and trying to instill fear, but the church must remember that God... Has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Second Timothy 1 7 and First John 4 4. Always trying to put fear. If he can cripple you through fear, he's got you. The Lord Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it in Matthew 16 18. So I can be confident that the church will always be around and be healthy. But not everything that I see is the church of Jesus Christ. That's important, okay? The church of Jesus Christ is healthy, strong, alive, and looking for her Lord. But not everything we see is part of the church of Jesus Christ, even if they call themselves Christians, okay? It's the doer. It's the one who's living out the word. It's the one that's being the church, not just going to church. The cry of Zechariah should be ours, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, Zechariah 4, 6. Then and only then will we be able to crucify our flesh and allow Christ to live through us, as Galatians 2.20 says. An American with an English gentleman was viewing Niagara Falls, the pools, and the rapids there when his friend said to him, Come, and I will show you the greatest unused power in the world. And taking him to the front of Niagara Falls. He says, There, he said, is the greatest unused power in the world. Oh, no, my brother, not so, he said. The greatest unused power in the world is the Holy Spirit of the living God. That is the greatest unused power in the world. Today, much of the secret friendly church, the emergent church, the ecumenical churches, are united by one common bond, love, good works, and the better mankind. But their focus is not the gospel of repentance from sin. It's a neutral proclamation of works, not the gospel. Often it is transfer growth from other churches and various religions. There are good moral people in this movement and movements. Immoral people all gathered together by a desire for good works. There's an attempt to unite people under the banner of love and oneness. Ecumenicalism. Let's not make judgments. Let's not offend somebody. In fact, I had a gentleman come and talk to me. He says, you know, I'm new here. and My wife, she's a Buddhist. And I was just wondering, would she be uh, safe here? People aren't going to try to uh, offend her or judge her. I said, well, you know, we shoot straight to the point here. We preach the word of God. It's amazing to me, which shows me his ignorance of the word of God. And he calls himself a Christian. You understand? That's where the majority of the church is, ladies and gentlemen. Too often men have their own vision to build their own kingdom, not the Lord's. Too often they are motivated by money and power and fame. No one's excluded. I'm certainly not excluded from that. I have to guard my heart. Too often their vision is contrary to the scriptures, completely out of context. And people still believe the man and they'll follow the man. Because people are indoctrinated in false teaching. They're not taught how to study the word of God. The emergent church movement wants to get rid of the traditional gospel and replace it with what they call new reformation, new Christianity. It is not the church. They change the phrases, but they mean a whole different thing. They don't believe the atoning work of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the authority of scripture. They don't believe you can learn any objective truth from the scripture. So they dialogue. You, You do what? So you just sit around and kick it, huh? And that's what you do so everybody's right nobody's wrong god help us the church claiming to be christian and doesn't believe in the vicarious atoning work of christ the inerrancy and infallibility of scripture is not the church of jesus jesus said i am the way the truth the life and no man comes to the father by me in john 14 6 you should know if you belong to jesus or not by knowing the word of god not by my judgment over you but by your examination of yourself according to Scripture. The Holy Spirit is to be at work in the church through the people of God. And so the Holy Spirit is the life source of the church and always will be from these three perspectives. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity, God. The Holy Spirit is to be at work in the believer, through the new birth, and the Holy Spirit is to be at work in the Church. Those who are following God's direction, lining it to His Word.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese, with encouraging words reminding us of our one true source of power for the ongoing ministry of the Church. And you can hear this program again, anytime, through the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. You can also request a copy of today's challenging study called The Life Source of the Church. It's available on CD for just $4. And by the way, you'll be getting the complete uninterrupted message as originally presented that we just didn't have the time to include on the air. That title once again, The Life Source of the Church. You can address your request to Simple Truths. And don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Xavier Reese leads a discussion of the importance of prayer and God's Word in the church. That's right here on Simple Truths.